0: On this week's episode of How To Fall Apart, I talked to my lovely, lovely friend, Elle Gordon, a journalist who is the fashion editor for VIP Magazine and a contributor to Stellar Magazine. Elle was born with cerebral palsy and later developed hip dysplasia. She talked with amazing articulacy about feeling other, about the grief around letting go of expectations, on why acceptance is a process, not a destination, and about talking honestly about living with a disability. I'm Nathan Hines, and this is How To Fall Apart.
1: So, like, I was born prematurely. Yeah. Um, So it just kind of came out of nowhere. There wasn't really a rhyme or reason behind it and mm-hmm. um, it was premature just one you? day um i think 27 weeks oh yeah, right yeah, that's fair yeah, yeah so my mom yeah. just one day realized that you know she needed to get to hospital quick yeah did she really okay. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah she yeah. was just like oh my god so you were her third i suppose i was her third and you. then i was rushed to dublin because well can i name hospitals and stuff? name whatever you want yeah to okay yeah, okay yeah. and then i was rushed to dublin and you know they did their best and like thankfully I'm alive, <laughs> um. But yeah, then that was the cerebral palsy. Obviously, happened because, um, I suppose when, like, there just wasn't enough oxygen to the brain when. Okay. Um, it's just kind of traumatic, I suppose. Okay. And then, so I always walked with a limp. And then, um, I suppose the big thing then is kind of when I was nineteen, uh, hip dysplasia. I think they probably said to my mum that you know there could be something yeah um but like you have to wait a certain amount of time until you're however many months or whatever to start figuring it it out and but I'm very lucky because it is very mild yeah like on the scale of things it's very mild but at the same time it's still there like I'd rather (laughs) I didn't have it but I do and um and how quickly like what how did it start manifesting um I think it was that I wasn't sitting up okay yeah so like you're meant to be sitting up by a certain age and milestones. i think maybe i wasn't yeah. and then but then like i i did um and then it was kind of like i wasn't walking maybe at the point you're supposed to be walking okay so it was just yeah it was probably the milestones yeah and um, that they realized yeah. um but then again i i started to walk um and then i think that's when they could see that there was a weakness on my left side okay and, um, I'm not sure how like what the walk looks like but mm. um I would have had a few surgeries and stuff and like, when you were very little. Uh when I was very small, okay. yeah. Okay. Um so yeah, that is kind of and like I would have used maybe a walker at mm-hmm. one point and mm-hmm. stuff and then um as it went on then like so my whole childhood was kind of focused on having mild cerebral palsy and it's so funny now because mm. now like i never really even think like it's kind of it's almost taking a back seat yeah because the whole thing is like yeah. your hip if there's yeah. something wrong with your hip we need to okay figure that out okay so the other thing is kind of like well you have it and, and do you have an early a uh, first memory of how it was um of it
0: affecting you or was um, it just that it was always there so you couldn't
1: i like i do have i suppose i have memories Like, I remember my mum got me these boots. They were, like, they were just normal kind of red boots, but they had little squirrels on them, and, like, she thought they were cool. And they probably were cool, (laughs) but she just wanted me to wear them because they were more supportive than, say, trainers or something. And I remember I did... She will say now that I didn't wear them, but I remember wearing them into school and just being mortified (laughs) because I just wanted to be in the cool little trainers that everyone was wearing, and I was in these boots, like yeah um, so yeah, my my <laughs> my memories all center around probably fashion related yeah, things and what I was wearing at the time. yeah, yeah, um, but, but yeah. anything
0: that kind of marks you out, I think. yeah,
1: um, and like I have like I definitely have memories of, you know, being in hospital, and um, I definitely remember being in hospital, watching Mulan with a little girl who was in hospital in the bed beside me okay and i think that maybe she had been in a house fire or something so she had burns okay um on her hands okay and so she was there and i just i just that's a really distinctive memory i think because i was so shocked looking at her hands Mm. and then i remembered that like we were both probably i'd say i was five or six and like we just got on really well and then mm. we just ended up watching we land <laughs> together and it was really fun. So for me hospitals, like maybe now they're a little bit of a of a of a sadder place, but like when I was a kid it mm. was all just kind of it was part of it. Yeah. And like, you know, I had fun and like yeah. I think that people who work in hospitals are amazing. Mm. So mm. there was a lot of kind people. Yeah. Um and yeah, that's kind of And what age were
0: you when you were having the operations? Like Are they ongoing?
1: They were ongoing I'd say, so I couldn't I couldn't actually name all the things but like yeah, I would have had like a tendon lengthening surgery and mm-hmm. I would have had like my foot was tight turned slightly in so I had a surgery to turn it out. Okay. And um like yeah, I would have just had a, a few surgeries and they were all related to the mild cerebral palsy was to try and make me walk better. Okay. Was the recovery period? To um long? the recovery period, yeah, like I would have been I would have been like kind of in and out of school a little bit. Mm. But yeah, I just remember like having different coloured casts on and loving getting people signing them. <laughs> I think when I think when it's like all that you've ever known. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. I just I kinda when I was in primary school I don't think I realised I don't really know if I realised yeah. just how different yeah. this kind of was, you yeah. know, um, in the sense that I like my mum, like someone would have a consultant actually would have told my mum way back don't tell her she has a disability that was her advice at the time maybe uh, things have changed and like yeah. i think each to their own yeah i should yeah. be sure to say that because yeah. you know i don't want people to be like well there's no shame and it wasn't shame it was just saying don't tell her that she has something that's going to make her think there's a limitation on what she can do you Which know makes absolute sense yeah so it made sense and So my mum and dad would have never, like they never, like I would have been horse riding at the age of five. Like it was never a thing of like, Mm. oh, well, you can't do that. Mm. Or even Mm. when we were older, uh, we had a horse at one point Mm. and um, my sister and I, and it would never have been a thing of, you know, the stable needs to be mucked out. Who's going to do it? Like, okay it would be like you do it yeah. and you know then alicia do it and mm-hmm. or mama do it, you know mm. like so it was th- like i didn't get any kind of mm. special mm. treatment mm. but also i should say they were amazing like but as then <laughs> I, I didn't get like it wasn't like oh you can't do that yeah um like it would actually it would be more now with my with my bad hip it would be yeah. more likely to to be like oh well you can't manage yes me, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah crazy heavy lifting or yeah. something you know yeah, 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 um but yeah back then they were just very much like I was just a kid like everybody else yeah um and then I went to boarding school and that was 13 as, then I was 13 or? okay and that was also kind of um I remember somebody said to mom don't send her to boarding school like she'll be bullied and she'll be you know ostracized mm. Mm. and you know like she um she will not manage like send her when she's maybe a bit older in transition year or something and I was just really like I wanted to go like Did my, you? my brother had gone there <laughs> he was he's 11 years older than me my sister was there and I was like I want to go and mm-hmm. um, and like dad just you know and and mom their whole thing was you know because uh, I was like my kids are gonna get the best education that I feel I can give to them okay and so that was what that was okay, okay. um but so then I I' It was like, I'm going and I went. <laughs> and
0: I was just like And had you any sense then of like like obviously your mum wouldn't have said her friend had said that to you, but yeah. had you a sense of there you know, there being a different like possibilities being in any way limited to you? Um
1: no, but something? like I I suppose that was that was probably the period of my life where suddenly I realised, okay, people don't necessarily mm look at me Mm -hmm. the same as as everybody else like not like a you know a very small group of people but like you know i would have experienced like people maybe saying like one or two mean things or like looking at me weird or and that so that and obviously your teenage years are the years yes where that all kind of kicks off anyway no matter who you are like that's the whole thing self-conscious that's the the whole thing yeah like i always feel (coughs) like you know sometimes people will kind of i think when they think like when they know you have a disability or they know you have something they're Mm -hmm. like oh god you're amazing how do you cope and it's like but like someone who has really bad acne or someone who's self-conscious because they have to wear glasses like obviously glasses are very cool now Mm -hmm. but back then Mm -hmm. you know that's exactly the same emotion yeah it's the same feeling it's that feeling of especially as a teenager it's like i just want to fit in and i can do my best but no matter what i am a little bit, yeah, you know, different from yeah. maybe what everybody else looks like, yeah. es- like aesthetically. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd say boarding school was. Uh, it was an experience. Yeah, one girl from my primary school went. So my primary school was tiny; there was only eight in my <laughs> class. Yeah, so like uh, one girl did, and uh, I, I. But it was basically a totally. I won't new mention session. her because she actually hated it and left. Grant. So, um, so it was essentially. It was yeah, and my sister was there and stuff, but okay. Um, okay. in a few years above me. Um, but yeah, like it was just a completely new experience. But like I, I made, I like I made some extraordinary friends that I still have, mm-hmm. and. Um, but like, it, it also really taught me how tough I am, you know? Did it? Yeah, definitely did. In, in um, how? Because I think that, I I also think that at the time, um, and like, I won't name the boarding skill, but I also think at the time, like, like, perceptions change all the time. And I think at the time, there because you, like you have these people looking after you day and night, um, they would kind of, they didn't really know how to handle having someone who, had a disability okay so like if i was like you know there'd be some days where i might just suddenly be exhausted right but like in fairness i was probably up the whole night laughing and chatting (laughs) but like i might just be like oh you know what i like we had this thing called prep which is where you do your homework yeah and i'd be kind of like oh I just i need to go to bed like i'm exhausted mm. and it was just it was never i was ne- i never had like you never were given a break it was like you'll go and you'll do everything like everybody else which was great in a way mm. but there was definitely never any kind of like i'll oh, give her a bit of a break like they were they were tough on me okay um how and do you feel about that now i think looking back there there were some extraordinary teachers, like mm. my singing teacher, Miss Roycroft, I will mention mm. she's <laughs> fabulous. Um like there but I, yeah, I looking that back, I'm like, or- yeah. I'm a bit like Yeah, I'm mm. a bit like, God, like you were really hard on me. Yeah. Or like you know I was quite cheeky and quite you know a little bit balty maybe because I was like I was kind of like I always wanted to make people laugh so my whole thing was like making people laugh being a bit of a clown being a bit fun like being real cheeky and I actually think that they should have really encouraged that because now that really stands to me in the job that I do and my people skills are the thing that stand to me stand to me in the job that I do but they just were like they just were a bit you know they were tough yeah and but there was one teacher who um, mr. Deacon he was an English teacher and I remember on my first day in first year in his first in my first class with him he was going on and he was giving this you know fabulous speech and he was like you know I've actually only made two mistakes in my life and one was in 1975 and one was in blah 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 and I was like sir was one the day that you bought that tie <laughs> just out of nowhere and I was like this tiny little 13 year old and he just roared laughing and then um he was just like you are one to watch and I was mm-hmm. like that really like it was just like a tiny little compliment that I kept for myself yes and he was just he would have always always encouraged me to okay. just like you know let my personality shine mm-hmm. like don't kind of sit quietly in the okay. corner. <laughs>
0: Were you always into English? Were you always always oh my yeah. gosh yeah that yeah. was
1: always my favorite subject. Yeah.
0: Did you like so when you started new school new people yeah did you explain things to people or okay so <clears throat>
1: this is the whole thing so <clears throat> the the thing for me is that I definitely really struggled with a feeling of shame around the fact okay. that I walked with a limp yeah um, and like it didn't come from anywhere you know as in I I don't like my family were so like you're fabulous you're great you're mm. you know so supportive and mm. my friends in school were so like you know we don't even see that Elle. like mm. we just see mm. you and you know everybody said all the right things yeah but yet because there would be moments where like somebody would say something cruel or you'd be you know just going somewhere and somebody would just suddenly jolt and and kind of stare at you okay that would that like all those little things kind of just they're the things that you remember. It's yeah. it's always the case with people. Yeah. You always remember the bad stuff. Yeah. So I would kind of store those away, and so I never wanted anyone to know. So I I would I would actually prefer to say that it was an accident. Yeah. So I never really explained to my friends. I I wouldn't necessarily talk about it. Mm-hmm. So they would just be like, "That's just Elle. We love her." Mm-hmm. But, I, yeah, I like or like if I knew I was walking into a room um and like you know if you're a teenager and there's all, all these boys in the room and you're you're kind of walking and you're trying to walk like as straight as possible and you're just okay. like asking your body like please just just be okay like just yeah. do it yeah. you know yeah. and like obviously it's doing its best mm-hmm. but it, it can't mm-hmm. um it just can't be perfect and yeah that that whole idea of I think trying to be perfect was definitely something that yeah. I was like quite angst ridden about yeah trying to fit in and kind of looking at other people um long before social media but doing the comparison thing and just like wanting just almost like it's kind of like i think it's a bit like sometimes i think that when you're especially when you're you're born with a disability people often say oh it must be so hard when you've had a perfect body you know what is perfect? But you've mm. had a perfect body, mm. and then you have an accident, and that must be so difficult. But actually, I I just think yeah, that is so difficult. But this is, it this is the same level of of grief because it's it is okay. like it's like a loss. It's yeah. like a loss of something you never knew, mm. but you can imagine what it's like. Yeah. Or you can just like it would be the simplest thing. Like you might see a girl just walking down the street in like just floating along just somebody floating yeah. along yeah and like she might just be chatting away to her friends and just floating and you just would look i just would find myself looking at her and just looking at the way she was just moving so easily and yeah. i'd be like oh my god yeah that must be amazing yeah so it's really hard not to do that yeah it's really hard not to kind of long for something yeah and that's something that i really struggle with with kind of letting that go it, it, it is definitely like grief because they say grief comes in waves yes. and i feel like my relationship with myself comes in waves yeah. and it's yeah. constantly evolving yeah. um but it's also it's it just that the kind of the pain can hit you out of nowhere in the sense of the emotional pain absolutely yeah. and the kind of just the grief of yeah. like oh my god that will never be me I know, whereas yeah. i think when i was a teenager i think i used to dream i always used to dream that like oh like because you know when you're 13 like 17 seems so far away or like when you're 17 28 which i am now it seems so far away Mm. and you kind of i used to think like i'll just i'll find a doctor in america or something and he'll just know what to do and Mm. then i'll be perfect Mm. and then Mm. i'll be you know everybody will be like wow you know Mm. and Mm. like that just that was kind of a fantasy that i Mm. just would like i had to kind of like now I don't do it but back then it was like I had to almost like try and stop myself from falling into that dreamland of yeah. just wishing I was perfect mm-hmm. um and then I think it was kind of a shock to suddenly wake up one day and find myself in my mid-20s and realize actually that day is not coming okay. and then learning to come to terms with that yeah. that, that day is not coming yeah um because I think definitely in your in your teens and your early 20s it's kind of like oh well the whole the whole of life is out ahead of me yeah who knows what's out there yeah um so getting to that point was i think you know and so then when i was 19 should i go into this absolutely so when i was 19 i um i was actually I just started to have a bit of pain in my hip, which I had never really had before, mm. um, but didn't really think anything of it, just thought, you know, it's a bit sore. Mm. Um, and then I went on my first J1 to Cape Cod and it was like a mad somewhere, like <laughs> wild, and all, like it was it yeah. was just hilarious. And yeah. I worked in a shop called the Bead Emporium and I used to just make jewelry that, that people would buy and these americans would come in and they'd be like oh my god <laughs> I is that- in the donut shop. Yeah. That and they'd be like is that sea glass and i'd be like yeah it's sea glass like <laughs> making this bracelet and they'd be like okay you know i want to buy that for my sister and i'd be looking like what is going on but they were long days so they were long days on my feet yeah in the bead emporium and um <laughs> I it was at that point that I, well I suppose I had never but I had never really worked in a, like in a in a retail environment like that where you are on your feet for yeah. x amount of number or x amount of hours in the day and um so I was really like I'd be walking home and I'd be in so much pain and my feet would be sore and my back would be tired and then my hip is a bit sore but I thought you know what that's because you're that's just because you're standing on your feet all day this is normal mm-hmm. and then I i just i just it was suddenly like a case of just like it started to kind of happen more frequently where i'd just be like oh no that like my hip is really sore so then i got home and um i remember it was my friend rebecca she was like i'll go with you and i had made an appointment with a consultant um and we went to it was in tala hospital and we went in and we met uh this woman who is she was the she's like she's a children's surgeon mm-hmm. but at 19 I was still kind of considered yeah. um, a child so I went into her and she was like they had thought oh maybe she's fractured her hip maybe she's fractured her hip so I had all this angst about like oh my god I fractured my hip like I definitely fell when I had a few too many cocktails mm-hmm. and you know I was like it's all my fault I've now fractured my hip what have I done um and then she was like no actually um it's it's hip dysplasia and um, which is a, a thing that you're born with and um, so it's kind of a, ge- a genetic thing but okay. it's it's basically um it well is it um, actually I don't know if it's a genetic thing but it's basically just that my hip is wearing away um, right, and okay. so like it's not there's not enough cartilage there yeah. so like the, the bone is rubbing off you know and um it's just it's it's painful yeah um so she was like but you know you're so young you're only 19 and you know you're too young to get your hip replaced so we'll just be very see. scary to hear it was replaced. it was like and i remember walking out in the corridor with my mm-hmm. friend and um i was just talking to her last night actually but walking out And like, we just stood there and I just cried. Like I was just crying. And like, there's, there's, you know, I should say as well, like there's people out there who have cancer and have all these really big things. Like I always feel really, you know, guilty about getting Mm. upset in a way. But like, I just was heartbroken because it was suddenly like, it was like a real kind of car crash moment for me in the sense that I was like, now something else is happening yeah. you know whereas yeah. I kind of I sometimes feel in life you're like okay my cup is full yeah. like I can handle this cup and I've been carrying this cup around for yeah. however like like for this amount of time and that's what I can handle and then this kind of came out of nowhere like a curveball and I was like I don't think I can handle this yeah and um, but then You know, you just have to get on with life. That's the crazy thing. Like, time Mm. goes on. So I just got on with life. Uh, The next summer, I went on another J1, had a crazy time. And, you know, I just... And did they
0: give you a sense of, like, okay, we're not going to do a hip replacement, but what can we do? Or was it just pain management? There is
1: nothing you can do. You know, I suppose physio and try and build the strength in the in the leg because my leg is already weak with the cp yeah um but you know other than that it's just like we'll see you in a year we'll see in a year we'll see how you get on okay um and then it was kind of it was when i did a master's in journalism in dcu and again like i lived on campus but it was that point where i was struggling to walk say from my campus house which wasn't far to like my lectures or whatever and i was finding that difficult Mm -hmm. and the pain quite bad and i was taking just like your standard paracetamol or whatever um and that was a point where i was like you know god this is this is getting really tough Mm -hmm. um and but again i was just like i want this life like i i want to keep going i don't want to stop um so i'd always be like like, you know, my mum, my amazing mum would be like, you know, come on, Elle, like you you know, you just need to take a break. And I'd be like, just let me do the masters, just let me finish that. Then maybe I'll just get a bit of a job. Then I'll stop. <laughs> then like I've been saying that for a years a and I'm twenty eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then I did after my masters I did um a an internship as part of the course he had an internship so I did mine at Women's Way magazine mm. and it was meant to be eight weeks but then I kind of just ended up staying on mm. was kind of like an you were editorial up. assistant oh no, I don't no, know no bit of a job uh, a little bit of a job went straight into and, really um, that was like brilliant like I should give a shout out to the editor mm. Ani Toner she's just mm. a fabulous woman and they just like you know embraced me with open arms they were so lovely and um, so she like I think I'd I I that was December. I got to December. Mm. No, I got to yeah December two thousand and fourteen maybe. Mm. I don't know if the dates are exactly right, mm. but I got to that point and I was just like, oh my god, I re- I really want to stay. This job is amazing. Like I think I'd been on like press trips to London and stuff. I remember the press I trips like, You're like I can't believe. Yeah, like yeah. I was amazing. like, oh, I am a journalist. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm journalizing. <laughs> I'm you know interviewing people and. Then I just I think I got home at Christmas and I was just like exhausted and just just the pain was really bad. And I was like, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And I can't remember how I told her because she it, it wasn't like I had a contract. It was mm-hmm. or maybe I shouldn't say that, but it was like mm-hmm. I was just there yeah. <laughs> rolling yeah. on, rolling yeah. on. And um, so mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know how I told her, but I messaged her and I was like, I just whatever I said, I, I have to stop. And then that was like a heartbreak because For me, definitely, mm-hmm. you know, work is a big part of my identity, which mm-hmm. I know you're not supposed to I do. Know, but how
0: do you not make how it? Do you Not I hear I people
1: like, saying that. I
0: know. It's an Eckhart Tolle. I mean, we've got to have something. I know
1: we've got to have something. Up. Yeah, like I like being elderly journalist. Yeah. So yeah. I. I, agree. I then I just had to stop, and I remember it was awful mm. because the pain at that point was so bad that I remember that I was at home maybe for three weeks, and like I was literally having to. have to ask my dad to help me across the kitchen kind of thing it Mm. was that bad Mm. and i remember like i'm there was a few dark days like i remember just like lying in bed and just crying Mm. and just crying and crying and just being like what am i going to do how am i going to work what's going to happen to me and yeah. stuff and obviously my my parents trevor and nolan are mm. you know they're extraordinary like to this day they're just like my biggest cheerleaders oh, i could mm. cry <laughs> i know <laughs> my biggest supporters yeah. and you know they would you know they do so much for me and um i would be lost without them but you know nothing bad was ever going to happen with them behind me like So, but at that point, you know, I needed, I needed something in order to be able to go for it. Mm -hmm. And so I think I took time out. I I swam like crazy. I I was at home Mm -hmm. and I was just swimming. (laughs) Swimming was my full time job for a while. Mm -hmm. And I was just like swimming, trying to build strength, trying to mind my weight. Because the thing is, you know like for me anyway it's very important to kind of mind my weight so that i'm not asking my body to carry a certain amount when it's when it's weak and i think maybe i had put on maybe a little bit of weight and Mm. and was was you know just just not not where i where where i am now Mm -hmm. in the sense of Mm -hmm. so my body is like well that's that's quite a lot you're asking me to carry around yeah. and I, I'm saying that from you know a health perspective as yeah. in like anybody else you know if you're happy at the weight you're at yeah. it's nothing no, to do with that it's of the practicality it. Yeah. of it asking a weak kip to carry whatever so <clears throat> that, that we swimming loads. so I was swimming loads mm-hmm. and like I think I lost weight and I was feeling so much better mm-hmm. because I suppose I'd built a bit of strength and my body was like hey this is okay I can handle this <laughs> um, and then I applied for a job in the um, the Sunday, Sunday Independent 15, yeah. um, in Life magazine. Mm. And that was, the interview process was like in July okay. of 2015. Um, so I remember going for that and I remember like wearing this yellow jacket <laughs> and just feeling fabulous in my yellow jacket. And there's actually a really funny photo because it was that, the first year of that was a graduate program. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it was like, there was like going to be 12 people picked for this graduate program. And I remember that, they, were, they took a photo of the room mm-hmm. as, as everyone was there and there was like, I don't know, there, was, there could have been 400 people there or something really well maybe I'm wrong but there was a lot of people there mm. and um, I remember they took a picture of the room and like everybody was in black and grey and black and grey and they posted on social media and then there was just me like <laughs> this sunshine girl in the middle of it all absolutely thrilled with myself so I went in and I was literally just like I want this I want this so much I'm yeah. getting this and I remember they were talking they were like oh, only 12 people would be picked or you know out of however many and like there was all these really impressive people and they split us off into groups and everyone was talking about themselves and i just was like i'm getting this i am getting this yeah i just wanted it so much yeah and like then they whittled it down again or whatever and i think whittled it down again and then i got it Mm -hmm. that was the point where i was like how am i going to manage because yes i'm a a bit better but i'm still really struggling with pain Mm. and like when i say pain i mean that like i couldn't ask my hip to walk forward like I couldn't bear the weight of walking okay. sometimes okay so then that was when I started prescription painkillers okay. given to me by a consultant god you had a,
0: that was a long time to
1: yeah was that almost yeah. like a that, stubborn thing that you'd held out well it like you were in yeah I don't I don't so I don't know <laughs> I don't know what that was maybe it was just because all the way through college yeah yeah think. oh yeah like I was in I well I suppose I really like the idea of going on to prescription painkillers for anyone. It mm. just feels it feels scary. Yeah. It feels yeah. like you are for me, it felt like I was maybe Failing mm-hmm. at not handling it or mm-hmm. something. I think so, there's always a
0: slight feeling of a worry of loss of control. Yeah, that, yeah,
1: exactly. Because they are stronger. do know what's gonna. Happen. You don't, and you don't. The idea of putting really strong chemicals in your body. Yeah. Now these ones, I, you know, my friend Eve is a pharmacist. She, if she's listening, she'd be like, "El, your your painkillers are fine." And <laughs> um, but like these are, you know, they have like a thing that protects your stomach. So okay. you know they, okay. you know yeah. they are yeah. good ones. Yeah. Too. Yeah. They're And they're very like. They work on kind of you know taking down inflammation, so they're they're good little painkillers. <laughs> but I was put on those by a consultant, yeah. and um, you know he was kind of t- I remember it was, it was the September just as I was starting the new job. And you
0: were what twenty? I was twenty yeah.
1: And I remember that he was like, you know, talking about different surgeries that I could do, and that painkillers weren't the answer, but that he knew I needed them, but that you know I'd be back and. I was like, you know, I won't be back, <laughs> you know, because the, the kind of surgeries that I would be facing into would be like, you know, a hip replacement, which everyone's like, my auntie Nula got a hip replacement and she's grand. But I'm like, if it was that easy, I'd be like Nula and I'd be up the road again. <laughs> like, it's just it's complicated with the CP and it's yeah. it's, it's so hard to, to pick a surgery. I can get into that later, but like mm. there isn't really a clear cut solution for me yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so I remember I just, you know, took the painkillers, and it was like, it was just unbelievable really? it was like suddenly like hello my name is <laughs> <laughs> and I am back baby so yeah I just then I started did you realize job. once it stopped how what you'd
0: been contending with. oh you're yeah right, you're in the middle of it
1: oh yeah. yeah actually I actually at a different point I'd forgotten at another point maybe just before that yeah. I'd had a cortisone injection for the first time okay now cortisone is you know a great thing and if it works for you that's great but it doesn't work for everybody okay. and so I remember I had it and um, I was like I would just remember um, I was at home in Calvin and it takes I think a week or so to kick in and then I just remember I woke up one day and I was sitting on my bed and it was like a beautiful day and the window was open and the sun was shining in and I could feel the breeze on my face it was like one of those wonderful <laughs> like moments where you were like oh life and I remember just sitting there and kind of suddenly realising it was like someone had turned off a radio Okay. It was like a moment where a switch had been turned mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. and I suddenly realized, "Oh my god, I'm not in pain." Okay. And it was like it was like silence. Yeah. And I didn't know that there had been a home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is what this feels like." Mm-hmm. And it was a real shock. And then I went then I was like dogs were going for a walk and I was like <laughs> out the door and blah, blah blah like racing around like a like a like just I just was so like, I love life. Like there was about Mm. three weeks where I was like, yeah, like this is amazing. This is the cure. This is the answer. And then suddenly the pain was back with a vengeance. Really? So clearly cortisone didn't work for me Okay, um, why
0: because the expectation would be that it could work it, on a long term basis it could as yeah. in
1: that you could get that maybe i actually don't know how regularly but you could get that every so often and that would be and it. it's like it's like an off switch okay. but yeah i know for me okay. it, it didn't work okay. um, and the thing about it is each time you get it it can weaken the joint okay Um. now everyone check with your GP but as in <laughs> that's what I was told <laughs> that each time you get it it can kind of slightly weaken the joint so okay. yes it's 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 taking away the pain but then it might also be doing damage okay so anyway back to starting in I&M so mm. I then I had these prescription painkillers and I was suddenly like wow you know woohoo! Mm. so I moved up to Dublin got a great house in Ranla and um, living with two lovely housemates mm. and was just like loving my life in Mm. the job being like Mm. i am back Mm. um and then the amazing thing with that role so oh through all this i'm probably not (laughs) covering all the bits that i want to say but like so what what that time really taught me though Mm. i really have to give a shout out to my friends Mm -hmm. because that, that time, say, back in January 2015, when I was at home in Cavan, and mm. I'd kind of gone from being, you know, Elle, who was like tentatively, tentatively stepping into the world of journalism and going on little jaunts to London and mm. feeling like she was a queen because she interviewed Gokwan. <laughs> and then I suddenly was home in cabin. Yeah. You know, suddenly it was all gone. And yeah. I was back with my parents. And, mm. you know, at that point, you're kind of so conscious of what everyone else is doing. Exactly. And what I think I re- it's really difficult when you come out of college anyway. It's really anyway, difficult. You feel that yeah. pressure to, yeah. like, be something. Yeah. And so when that all kind of wasn't happening, the, what what I really learned was who my true friends are, mm-hmm. which I hate to say, it's mm-hmm. such a cliche, oh, you really learn who your true friends are. But, like, I really did. Like, there's women who are s- still in my life now who just, you know, I'd when, I, when you, I think, are really low... Mm my thing is to kind of keep people at a distance okay so how i protect myself is like i don't i'm not the type to to reach out and be like i'm having a really bad day mm-hmm. or i'm not the type to ring someone when i'm in tears okay. like i might i generally would like cry alone yeah <laughs> you know i yeah. just and then someone someone would see me and i'd be like hi how are okay, you, how yeah, are you getting yeah, on? Yeah. so i just At that time, it wasn't like a lot of my friends wouldn't maybe even have been aware how sad I was feeling, but what I also learned was the people who just determinedly chip away at you mm-hmm. and they're like hi i'm here mm-hmm. hi i'm here mm-hmm. i'm still here mm-hmm. and you're kind of like maybe not texting back or maybe not yeah. calling them as totally. much as you should yeah, yeah and they're like but i'm still, still here keep, i know exactly and mean, yeah. then there was the friends who you thought would be there <clears throat> yeah who who weren't there yeah um and i think that can be quite hard it was really like, hard like yeah. i think like i always remember there was kind of a group of of people that i used to be friends with and They went to a music festival somewhere like maybe Croatia or something. And it's not like I, at that time, they would have known what was going on. So, of course, they wouldn't have said it to me. Mm -hmm. But it would have been nice if they had just said it. And I think that was a real point of suddenly, because at that age, 25, whatever, everyone is kind of off traveling, it seems. Mm -hmm. It seems everybody is. Um, Everybody's off doing that kind of thing. And you kind of feel like oh, that, that's not going to happen for me. Yeah. Um. And Or they, or they don't want me there because yeah. I'm a burden. Yeah. Because, you know, I might have to link their arm or mm. I might, mm. you know, mm. just want to sit down for a second or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. it was suddenly like all that kind of youthful buzz that I felt everybody else was having, I felt like I wasn't yeah. having. Yeah. It was really hard to push those thoughts away. Yeah. And, and really shocking as well to kind of, realize who wasn't there yeah and have to come to terms with that yeah and almost it's like a breakup you're almost yeah. like it is i actually Absolutely. think a friendship breakup is more painful <clears throat> than any romantic for me totally because there's an assumption
0: with your friends that they'll always be there yeah that there isn't necessarily especially in your 20s yes, with the guy yeah yeah there
1: is not same. that they will just love you no matter what yeah i read your piece about that yeah, yeah and yeah, so when they yeah. when they don't you're kind of like oh, oh it's really hard yeah. oh it's oh it's like yeah really painful yeah so
0: and I, also it's like do i have to deal with this as well
1: yeah like yeah with everything yeah like, are you kidding me exactly yeah. so that was like a real moment where <clears throat> i was just like i just had to come to terms with that mm. but then starting into the sunday Indo life um was just amazing because we were just talking earlier about um mary O'Sullivan, sullivan who's yeah. the editor of living <laughs> and there's a travel section in living and stuff and so she would have because she obviously she sends a lot of staff on the mm. travel um reviews mm. that's part of the thing and so it was suddenly i can't remember where was my first was one florida was it was it florida or something and i just remember mary was like you know gmail me do you want to go on this yeah and i was like yeah and next thing I found myself could it must have been Florida and I found myself in um on a plane to Florida with all these other journalists who I'd never met before from the UK and there was this huge trip actually when we got there that it was like 300 journalists in total or something oh, wow. yeah it was huge and so we just had the most amazing time and I was meeting all these fabulous people and seeing all these amazing places like I would have gone to Mallorca and I, I went to France and all this kind of stuff and it was suddenly like it was like the universe was trying to be like don't don't you kind of try and decide how your life is going to go because you know that was like a real heartbreaking moment of like I'm not going to travel my Mm. hip is too bad Mm. i won't be able to manage the backpack Mm. and it was almost like the universe was being like no but this your path is has deviated slightly but look what's happening now yeah and like i met so many amazing people that i'm still in touch with now Mm. and all these extraordinary people were suddenly just barreling into my life yeah um and and like that is what I really feel about working in this industry now because now I you know (coughs) I work as I'm staff editor fashion editor VIP magazine Mm -hmm. and I was thinking as well about all the journalists and PRs and different people in this industry Mm. because I love working in the Mm. media industry (laughs) I really do and just how amazing they are and how amazing they've been to me Mm. because Like even little things like I might be, you know, going to an event now or something and I might meet a a journalist from another publication and we're going in together. I'll just notice little things like someone will just link my arm and they won't ask Mm. because they know that I will never ask and Mm. that I am too stubborn to ask even if I'm like gritting my teeth and having a bad day in terms of pain. Mm. They'll just kind of link my arm or a pure might just casually say, oh, well, there's a lift over there if you want.
0: Mm. Do you think that influx of people is partly to do with Um, opening up about it and maybe writing about it maybe
1: yeah I wonder
0: about that with myself
1: I I wonder because I really so I really struggle I really struggle with 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 kind of what my identity Mm is Is. yeah because I love being Elle the journalist I mm. love being Elle the fun friend mm. I, I mm. have I love being L, the person who can make you cry laughing like okay. I, yeah. that's I love being kind I love doing yeah. things for people I, I love all of that and then I also know that I'm L, who who walks with a limp yeah but what I really struggle with is and I always have is the word disability okay and the kind of label disability yeah. and what that might entail yeah Um because like i'm it, it it's such a it's such a funny one i always think about it as like a fruit bowl and like you're trying to put this broad label on a fruit bowl but if you think about fruit they're mm. all so different mm. you know what i mean mm. a grape is nothing like a banana yeah. and and it's this kind of idea of i really struggle with that label because there's perceptions around people i was just going to say yeah. with yeah. that the minute you say that word it's a loaded term it is a loaded term applied. I felt like that about
0: sing- the phrase single parent yeah. for a while that yeah. I really resisted it yeah. because yeah. it felt exactly like I remember being at home one day and there was something on the radio about people who were cheating um, social welfare and they were kind of listing off types it was like drug addicts single parents and I flung something across the room <laughs> <and> <laughs> I was so angry yeah. and I kind of, kind of hadn't realised um, but then I found that I switched and was like well fuck you, Daily Mail, if you're gonna and like started using it like over the top. Like I, I kind know. of took it up, but I totally know what you mean. That yeah, that's a phrase that has all these meanings already.
1: Yeah. Being put on you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like so that's I That's frustrating. That is frustrating. Yeah. So then I remember um well, I suppose a big moment for me then was while while I was working in the Sunday Indo Life um, I re- I had had a great night out or something on the Saturday night, and this was a Sunday, mm. and I was walking into SuperValu and Ranla. Like, Hello, I'll give them, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give them a shout mom. out because I love the <laughs> store. <laughs> 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 They're so lovely in there. Everybody shopped there, and so I was walking into SuperValu and Ranla like, and um. I remember this woman was was coming out and like i just noticed outfits that's just who i am <laughs> and she came out and i was kind of thinking oh she's just very she looks lovely and she has a lovely gray bobble hat on mm. and she just kind of stopped and she was like she was like oh my god she's like oh my god she was like your leg is just awful and she was like oh my god what did you do and this is a terrible imitation was- like i'd say she was like maybe Late thirties, you know, wow. and she just like, I don't know what it was like. Maybe she had thought I'd had an accident or that I'd fallen the night before, and she was kind of like, "Oh my gosh, what is this?" But it just came out of nowhere because I was just going into. I think I was getting getting washing powder or something, and this, it was like she just like completely floored me yeah. so i remember walking around super Valley that night um like i just i didn't know what to say to her so i just looked at her and kept walking mm. i just didn't know what to do and mm. i was like wandering around super Valley, the tears just like pouring down my face mm. being like uh, like i didn't know what to do and I, I remember i just bought like pasta or something and completely forgot about the washing powder and then kind of wandered out and back to my house and um i was in the kitchen and i i knew that my housemates were home and again i'm just not a person who can just go and cry to somebody so i just there was like a tea towel or something and i was just like crying into the tea towel Mm. trying to like muffle Mm. my Mm. tears Mm. um but that was a real shocking moment for me so when that happened then i remember saying to uh my editor at the time i don't know how it came up but we were talking about it and um i you know he just said why don't you write about it and I was like oh I don't know and he was like look just write and see what happens mm-hmm. so I wrote this piece and it I like I ended up being on the cover of life an amazing piece um, and it was amazing. just uh, it, it was just like the reaction that I got from that was amazing like I got so many emails and I got so many people people getting in touch with me and you know saying thank you for for talking about this because you know Mm. things like this happen to me all the time and Mm. it's like people because people almost maybe would believe that someone couldn't possibly say that to somebody Yeah, i mean it sounds yeah like somebody couldn't you know and it's like actually this is you know that is not the first time that's happened really it's happened countless times that people will say you know cruel things Mm. um but my whole thing is that I I never want to let that cruelty kind of impinge upon who I am. Like I am I am not cruel and I am not bitter. No, no. So I will not become that. Mm. Um and I will not let that change my perception about human beings, which is that I love humans. Okay. <laughs> I love humans. <laughs> They're all great. Humans. Um but yeah, just that I love people. Yeah. Um so writing that piece was a big moment because for me it was a bit like and I always I always think about this phrase it was almost like coming out. Yeah, I thought that was a really good way to do it. you know describing. coming yeah, out yeah, as as having a disability? Yeah. Because mm. I had never really spoken about it openly before. Mm. Um and so that was kind of a real it kind of it still kind of jars with me in a sense that I'm very proud of of doing that mm-hmm. piece and mm-hmm. I'm sure it's still out there in its in its print form. But then I really struggled with the idea of everybody knowing did you yeah so it, it, it's again it's kind of a learning curve and i think you're always evolving as a person and even today i'm like i can't believe i'm talking about this mm. i'm reminding people again exactly okay, what it is yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. kind of something that i definitely I, I think that you need to for me anyway i'm still learning how mm. to handle this mm-hmm. i i wouldn't say that i've accepted it that's at the all. hardest. Yeah. Thing. Acceptance and, is the hardest. It thing. is the hardest. And I think mm. I, I really admire people who are... You know, I look at those Paralympians mm. that, you know, like Channel 4 would, would get behind. And I think that they're amazing. I think that they're just how they just own it. And they're just like, I am who I am. This is who I am. And I love me. I really struggle with that. So actually... Do you? Yeah. So right, like, I, I don't, mm. you know, if I... Like, I don't necessarily... I don't know if I can, I, I can't even say it. Like, I, I don't, the whole, like, I love me thing, I just, I couldn't say it, you know. Okay. So, I. but I am grateful for the fact that here I am today with a, with a relatively healthy body. You know, there are people out there who have so much to deal with. I have a great job, I have great friends, I have, you know, I have a good life, I have great dogs. <laughs> Paddy and Pippa, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I so I just I just try not to get too bogged down in what I don't have, but I definitely like sometimes I'm just like, oh, oh, my goodness, will I will I ever get to the point? Like I look at these women, you know, the the body positive and Mm. the plus size, Mm. owning it and, Mm. you know, love yourself. And Mm. I'm just like, but always at the back of my mind, it's like I wish that Mm. this didn't have Mm. to happen. Mm. So what I want to to be now in a way is I I'm, I'm still not owning that label and I'm st- I don't think I ever will. But I often think like when I was growing up looking around there was nobody yeah. to look to. Yeah. Like I often think this, you know, if if we were to walk outside now and I said, you know, Leah show me someone who looks like you. Less than <laughs> like a fraction of a second later you've like there. Yeah. And I said, "Okay, now let's see if we can see someone who looks like me Mm. and we could be sitting there for God knows how long you know what I mean because I just feel that people who have disabilities are not as visible Mm -hmm. as as, you know as Mm -hmm as I would like them to be. Um, And so, like, I often say, like, you know, where are the CEOs with disabilities Mm -hmm. and where... And they are out there. And they're definitely out there in a global sense. You know, like, get on Google and you find all these extraordinary people. But, you know, in Ireland, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily have had someone to look to growing up. And I never had that feeling. I didn't didn't have one friend who had a disability. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have that thing. Um, So part of my of my growing and my learning is that like, I think, well, if if one person, you know, finds it a little bit encouraging just to see you kind of tipping along with your life and, you know, working in your job and, you know, like handling as best you know how, then why not do something like this, you know, why not Mm -hmm. do the podcast? Like, why not admit that you still struggle? Mm -hmm. And I do like Mm -hmm. I really do, Mm -hmm. but that I also want to grow. And I want to kind of I want to kind of expand my own mindset. Like, Why do I feel that that sense of shame about talking about this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like to think less of me because of this. Yeah. But why do I kind of think less of myself? And yeah. it's about showing hopefully anyway, you know, the younger generations coming up. I sound so old, um, but the, the younger people that like you know there are so many different varieties of human being mm-hmm. like you no know, like it could be that it could be that like you struggled with your weight or it could be that you 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 had a heartbreak that you never forgot like it can be all these things and yet through that pain you can still be a human who mm-hmm. enjoys life and who mm-hmm. gets through things and who doesn't necessarily have a finish line Like I don't I don't have a finish line like I feel like the voices as well that maybe I would hear because there are amazing people out there but some of the voices that I would hear that maybe I could relate to you know a lot of the time it's like well I felt like this I went through that and now I'm here yeah whereas I feel like I'm not really anywhere I'm just taking it Mm -hmm. week by week Mm -hmm. and I'm just taking it month by month you know and like even the last two months were really tough months because the weather was was really really bad really Mm -hmm. bad and like in terms like if it's cold you know that can make my hip you know more painful stiff you know just like struggling you know getting into work like that walk into work and and so I definitely haven't got life figured out Mm. but I'm, I'm certainly trying to figure it out and trying to kind of address that grief that yeah. is kind of underlying, yeah. like it's like that. Yeah. That heartbreak, like my yeah. body has definitely broken my heart, yeah. And I, I definitely haven't fixed my heart, like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's there and it's, but like it's, it's bruised and it's a little bit sad, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of about accepting, cause like, yeah. I, i think you know julia roberts to quote julia she Our hair twin oh i always think of wow. with the julia roberts hair <laughs> why thank <laughs> you oh god don't take a photo today but um yeah julia roberts she was just doing something funny on some youtube video or something and she was saying you know to whoever it was you know enjoy right now we're only getting older you know tomorrow we're one day older mm. and i think about that i think like you know what you really have to try and enjoy right now because you don't know what 10 years down the line will bring. Mm -hmm. You don't know if you'll look back at the 28-year-old you and be like, she didn't know how lucky she had it. You know, so I just try. And my big thing is, like, appreciating the now and trying to, like, spread the joy and, Mm -hmm. you know, make people feel good and Mm -hmm. just be a fun person to be Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. and, and not... You know drag people down because i think you know i could fall into so easy fall into kind of feeling sorry for myself and i've definitely fallen into those sure. feeling sorry for myself yeah. moments yeah all of us and um it's, it's a kind of learning to move forward mm-hmm. um but the big thing for me as well has been i suppose exercise I was yeah going i want to, to ask you about, about that next that. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah so so did you Start from uh, where what were you doing before because you go to Carl Henry's, yeah, right? so what were you doing before you had it been something you were tipping away at, um, or did you go from was he the beginning
1: so i like I had done maybe like as i said when i was younger i would have done a bit of horse riding yeah. but then and swimming was, swimming yeah, and things yeah. but yeah. never like a gym to me was like a scary place sure. like and my body i'd just be like yeah i don't even look like what i'm supposed yeah. to look like you kind of feel like you need to look like something walking into the gym yeah you know yeah. let Which alone I think
0: personal training is really good for it because i would like if gyms are intimidating they places. are
1: inti- they're so yeah. intimidating yeah. no matter who you are yeah. it's just it's that feeling of like oh my god and what I also thought was like well what can I do I don't know yeah. what I can do Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was just it was just a real moment of I think it was last April and I was like I was just I was so like i have been on painkillers for maybe three years at this point mm-hmm. and I was I was paranoid about the fact that they were kind of giving me brain fog you okay. know that kind of brain fog yeah. feeling of yeah. like couldn't really get my words out and kind of muddling things up and okay. and everyone would be like no like you're fine like you're just paranoid that that's happening mm. but I was just like they just I'm sure they must have some sort of effect mm-hmm. I just I believe they definitely do like mm-hmm. you're putting in chemicals that don't necessarily need to be there mm-hmm. so there has to be something but I just had a real moment of I just can't Face into this, and I can't do surgeries. I just need something, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try this. And I don't know what it. W- I think my mom used to say because obviously she would have watched Operation Transformation, and I think she just used to say something like, you just need to get a Carl Henry type. yeah I think that's what. and then my brain was like well sure why not Carl Carl Henry (laughs) so then I emailed him and I remember being really like hi um I didn't say what it was but then when I went in I was really like look like you know like no bother like if not you know like doing the whole like you know uh, and he was just like yeah grand you know (laughs) like let's just see what you can do yeah and um so I started doing that and it's just been amazing. Yeah. Like, did it take? Was there at the start? Did you like it immediately, or um, did you? as in, like, it's it? Yeah, I think did I did. You? I think yeah. I loved that feeling. <laughs> I shouldn't have hesitated. If he ever listens to this, <laughs> he'll be like, "Well, thanks." <laughs> no, but as in, I think I just loved that feeling. As in, at the start, I'm sure I was doing tiny things. Yeah, but I loved that feeling of like achieving something. Yeah. It would give you such a high. It would give you such yeah. a rush, yeah. and almost to feel like I used to feel like God, like. You know, you'd almost watch, like for me, I would watch a program like Operation Transformation and think, God, isn't that amazing that these people, they've decided they want to make a change and they have the power to mm. make a change. Mm. And I almost felt it a little bit like in, in my own maybe in the dark selfish part of my brain a little bit like I can't change my situation like lucky them they can Mm -hmm. they have a real moment here to change it and then it was like well like you can't change the whole situation but maybe you can start in the corner Mm -hmm. and that's what it felt like it Mm -hmm. felt like you know this is not a cure but what can I do to make myself feel a better person today than I did six months ago, and that was what I was focused on, mm-hmm. um. And I was I was also focused on the fact that I'd put on maybe a stone more than mm-hmm. I needed to, mm-hmm. and I, I and I, I wanted to lose it, and mm-hmm. I did, and mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't you know he's it was like it's not about the weight, it's about the strengthening. Yeah, yeah. So that's our whole thing the whole way through is strengthening. You know, just eating the right foods and just minding yourself, and so that's been my focus. But the amazing thing about that and like. I just find it extraordinary is that I was taking painkillers maybe twice a day mm-hmm. uh, every day and probably since about last July. And obviously I would say to everyone, you know, check at your GP. This is not this is just my personal story. Course, yeah. But since last July, I have hardly taken a prescription painkiller that's amazing yeah like as in the I, I the reason i can't say i haven't is because literally maybe about three weeks ago or something i did take one and mm-hmm. um, because i just needed it mm-hmm. but as in i haven't and like you know today i haven't taken any mm-hmm. painkillers mm-hmm. and that's been amazing it's been amazing to kind of it's all it is like turning down the volume on a radio yeah i've turned down the volume and it's like wow that is so powerful and mm-hmm. um, and and for like my mental health mm. i'm just suddenly like here i am controlling something yes. that i can control yeah When everything else feels out of control yeah. and life in general can yeah. feel out of control yeah. like yeah. i'm like i'm 28 i'm like where am i going with my life what am i doing should i emigrate should i not <laughs> like should i be buying a house Should I? you know all the normal things are happening inside yeah. my head but to be able to manage this yeah it's like it's like it's so oh Amazing. yeah if there's so, so, things like that even really
0: small things I mean that's quite a big thing but that you can areas that you can control yeah when things feel chaotic yeah it's so uh, it's such a powerful thing it, to make you he-
1: to help you feel better it is yeah. it's, it's kind of yeah. it's cathartic or something yeah. it just really helps you yeah. manage all the kind of the normal stuff I think like for anyone definitely kind of feeling like the best version about yourself like of yourself like it's not about for me it's not about like you know I want to be size this or I want to no, be strength that. It's but it's strength yeah. and it's but it's also how I feel in myself because I yeah. do feel better mm-hmm. and I do feel I look better yeah and I look more like I always talk about the old me like mm-hmm. the old me before mm-hmm. this all started mm-hmm. like you know when it really kicked off at 24 and things were really bad like okay those kind of they were tough years yeah and so now I feel more like the original L. He yeah. was happy-go-lucky yeah. and fun and yeah. laughing and yeah. just enjoying her life and excited for the future I yeah. feel like I'm excited for the future yeah where there was a real point there where I was like terrified of the future okay you know because I didn't know what the future nobody knows what the future will hold but for me i was like well what's gonna happen like am i going to be able to walk or yeah you know am i gonna have to get this crazy surgery that i'll have to take a year out or yeah. you know like what's gonna happen or yeah. if i do this surgery will you know will it go wrong and then yeah. will something yeah. else terrible happen yeah you know yeah. because you, when you like when you talk to these consultants you know they have to tell you what could go wrong yeah just legally but also those words just stick like glue to the inside of your brain and that's all you hear Mm -hmm. you know so you don't really hear what might go right Mm -hmm. you just are like well that could go wrong and that's terrifying yeah so now it just feels like you know i know that's still in my future like i haven't escaped surgery but what i have done i feel is kind of maybe slowed down what could be ahead yeah um and just kind of just kind of appreciating the body that i have like mm. you know i think i think like we're all so lucky to be here mm. and like life is so short mm. and i really don't want to look back on my life and think god i spent most of my life feeling sad about who i am mm. when i got no choice in the matter mm. nobody does mm. we are who we are mm. and our lives are our lives mm-hmm. and it's about kind of making the best of the life that we have um and and that is something that I know that, you know, people really struggle with. And I like, you know, I think like in terms of depression and stuff, like I wouldn't want anyone to feel like, oh, my goodness, I'm listening to this now. And I feel like, you know, I can't m- maybe get out of bed today and I don't really have anything physically wrong with me. But it's like, no, mm-hmm. I like, don't don't beat yourself up. It's about taking the smallest step that's possible for you mm-hmm. and saying to yourself, just trying to remind yourself of what a joy it is to be in this world mm. because there's so much bad stuff and there's so much sadness and there's so much grief and there's so much pain that you can that you can get lost in the fog of that mm-hmm. and forget mm-hmm. that like really this is an amazing place to be and mm. it's not going to be forever mm. um so that's what i try and focus mm. on one
0: other thing i if you want to talk about it i think you've written about this a bit is it yeah. if you're say if you're dating oh yeah yeah do you like
1: oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> dating <laughs> well um yeah dating is a funny one because i think like i definitely think when i was younger like in my early 20s and stuff like it was like not that it was no bother but like i would have been in relationships or like hmm. just like like on a night out so confident so whatever mm. like just like you know a little bit a little bit wild <laughs> back in the day and then the kind of the, the, the window of 25 to 28 happened where i suppose the painkillers and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. and and also just working 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 yeah um and i it's weird because i think as they say as you get older you should you kind of should grow in confidence but in a way in that's side of my life maybe mm. i've mm. i don't know i feel like i've lost confidence okay. a bit um but yeah that is that is definitely something that i am still working on like mm. it's it's it is it is such a cliche but like it's hard to let someone love you when you don't really love yourself yeah so you can have someone saying all the right things and you know mm. you're this you're that you're whatever and mm. i don't care but mm. It's not going to go in until you, like, yeah. meaning me, if, until I get to the point where I don't care. Yeah. And I find that hard because it's you just you kind of it's always that thing of like, but you could have somebody perfect. And I know that's terrible mm-hmm. I know nobody's perfect. But for me, it's really hard mm. to look at this allegedly perfect guy mm-hmm. and then try and understand how he thinks I'm yeah, like, you know, grant um so I think but I I'm definitely working on that like I Mm -hmm. had written in that piece about like if I was going on a date or something I might like say it was a tinder date I might arrive beforehand Mm -hmm. so that when he walks in he doesn't see me walk initially Mm -hmm. and you're kind of always navigating that like trying to like dodge around that um but that's just something that I really need to work on yeah um, and I, I haven't necessarily figured it out yet and yeah. um, but like it's it's, I suppose that's where you're kind of you're standing on the edge of acceptance there yeah. and, and yeah. I definitely haven't managed to kind of no, completely and I think, get there yeah the, the
0: acceptance I think it can come in levels as well yeah do you yeah. know like there are things that I thought would always I'd always find really heartbreaking yeah that now I'm completely fine around. Yeah, yeah. Like, I used to think the fact that Sarah's father wouldn't be growing up... She wouldn't grow up in the same house that he lived in. Yeah. I thought I'd always find that, like, really. And now I'm just like, this is the reality. This is our reality. And I suppose reality bears down on you in such a way that, like... Not accepting it would become almost harder than accepting... You know, like, it becomes kind of easy in a way, like that's your reality and you can either get on with it or you can be in denial whatever. whatever yeah. and that genuinely doesn't bother me but I would have I think of it almost as like pockets of like where you think you're fine you're fine and then something would come up like I would find around Sarah things yeah. the acceptance yeah. so like I've total acceptance in some parts and yeah. then there's other parts
1: exactly like as part of my job um, because I work for VIP magazine and we have shoots all the time so I'm constantly like I could be out at a mm. shoot with a room full of people who've never met me before and I'm you know marching in here mm. they're everywhere no matter who they are or even just going to events for work mm. and stuff and i have no problem send yeah. me into any room i'll chat away to anyone i feel confident i feel happy i don't care if they can see me limping or not like yeah. that's just i'm okay with that yeah. but when it comes to the idea of somebody who kind of wants to love you yeah, yeah. i'm just like yeah but why yeah. you know look at yeah. her you know and i kind of find it really hard to mm. to let them mm. get close because that means, like, talking about everything. And that mm-hmm. means, like, being like, well, I'm Elle, I'm a journalist. Oh, oh, by the way, I also...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I find that really hard to, like... I just find that hard to do. I would love to know how people do it. Like, I would, you know, there's, there are people out there that seem to just have it handled mm. and seem to just be like, "This is, this is maybe a flaw and I'm okay with it. Mm. Whereas I find that I'm just, like, it's easier to just stay back from that Mm. but like i do i would love to meet someone um like i know i would but i just i i definitely find it hard Mm. so it's probably a very bland answer but i i just i just i think it's i think it's difficult Mm. to me it's kind of like i imagine if someone is listening to this and they can't really imagine what it what it would feel like i imagine it's like asking someone to go on a date someone who wears makeup all the time saying okay just go on a date but don't wear any makeup yeah so that's what it feels like it feels very raw so like you can be with the nicest guy who's who's mad about you or thinks he's mad about you but it just feels like such a raw like a raw thing in the room yeah (laughs) that I'm like I just I don't I don't think I can let you stay here you know like I don't think yeah yeah I just even even if you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, I don't think this can happen. Yeah. Um but I really want to get to the point where I'm like, do you know what? I'm Elle, I limp, and I'm grand. Um and that would be the dream, but I just I need to get there. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover? Um goodness me. Goodness gracious, I don't even know what I've said. Um No no, I think I think
0: that was probably the easiest interview in my life. You're so articulate. Oh, I, don't <laughs> I don't think that. I had to say anything. Thank you so much to Elle for talking to me today. To Cassie Delaney for her brilliant producing and editing. And to my brother, Dara, for composition. And thank you all for listening.